0: That was beautiful. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open to Luke chapter number two, Luke chapter number two, and we're going to be looking at verses eight through verse 20, and we're going to continue on our series of Jesus being the reason, and Jesus is the reason why we celebrate Christmas. We've learned thus far that Jesus is the reason for obedience. Jesus is the reason we can trust, and this morning we want to see how Jesus is the reason for joy. So Luke chapter number two verses eight through verse number 20, We'll be reading those verses. I do want to say, as you're turning in your Bibles to that passage, that uh, we're going to have a little bit of different of uh, Sunday school this morning. Uh, after our service, we'll be staying, or those that would like to stay, uh, for the cantata, we'll have a small cantata uh, in the Spanish service. and so, Uh, It'll be near the beginning of the service. We'll have actually one hymn and then the cantata. And then after the cantata, they're going to have another hymn where the choir will be uh, coming down from the platform. And that's when we will all, those in the English uh, ministry that would like to go back to their Sunday school class, that's when we'll all be dismissed and go back to Sunday school. So uh, after we finish this service, you can just stay here. After the cantata, we will go back and uh, have a shortened uh, Sunday school, but a Sunday school nonetheless. So I just want to let you all know, and I know Brother John will remind you of that at the end of the service. Luke chapter number 2, verse 8 to verse 20. It says like this, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you so much for your word. I thank you for uh, the, the author of this book, Luke, for recording these words. And by the filling of your Holy Spirit and the moving of your Holy Spirit, jotting down this truth and the night of when our Savior was born. I pray that as we study this passage that we would uh, be open, that our minds would be open, our hearts would be open to receive the truths that you would have us to uh, understand this morning. I pray that we would be able to not only be hearers of your word, but doers also. And we also not only apply this into our lives, but, Father, that it would make a difference, that we would go out and be different because of what we have learned from your word this morning. So I ask that you would bless your word. I ask that you would bless this time. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to communicate that which you have given to me to communicate. May I do it clearly. May I do it in the power of your spirit. And I ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Well, I have to be honest with you all this morning. I love good news. I don't know about you, but good news is something that I just love receiving. I I hate getting bad news. I hate uh, hearing about bad reports. It's just something about good news that can change my day. And I don't know if you're the same, but I know news has the power to sort of change your mood and change your day. I remember on October eighth, two thousand and seven, and I don't know how many here remember that day, but I remember that day because it was a Monday night, and there was Monday night football on, and the reason I remember that is because Dallas Cowboys were playing the Buffalo Bills. Now, uh, you know that I am a big Dallas Cowboys fan, but let me just say that night on October eighth, they were not playing their best football. My quarterback, Tony Romo, who's no longer the quarterback, and going to shed a tear real quick Uh, Tony Romo was not having his best day in fact going into the fourth quarter he had already thrown three interceptions they were down eight points and it didn't look like it was getting any better in fact going into the fourth quarter after already throwing two interceptions Tony didn't feel like that was quite enough so he decided to throw two more interceptions in that quarter alone with 20 seconds left in the game, the Dallas Cowboys were down eight points. It looked like they were going to lose. Sure, they had the ball, and sure, they were driving down the field, and they were getting within the red zone already, but there was 20 seconds left in the game. I mean, what could you possibly do? Well, our hero, Tony Romo, gets the ball throws it to one of his receivers, he catches the ball, gets in the end zone, scores the touchdown. A touchdown is worth six points, and then if you make that extra point, it's seven points. Well, they decided they needed to go for two. They wanted to tie the game up, obviously, and so being down two, they went for the two-point conversion. Well, in the two-point conversion play, Tony drops back, throws a ball to Terrell Owens, and and he had it, and then uh, some guy coming ripped it right out of his hands, and uh, they did not convert on that two-point conversion. And I remember as just despair came over me, I was watching it with my three older brothers, Jason, John, and, and, and Jim were there, and we were all just like, I can't believe it. The Cowboys were 5-0. and The Buffalo Bills were not that good that year. We should be killing them. And instead, we're down two, and there's less than 20 seconds left in the game. What are we going to do? Well, Uh, just to try to, uh, in desperateness, get the ball back, we we attempted an onside kick, and by the grace of God, I'm telling you, we recovered the onside kick. I was so ecstatic. Now, my little uh, nephew, Justin, was only uh, maybe a year old at that time, or a little bit less. I don't remember. He's 2007. So whatever age he was, I know he was just a little bit uh, of a baby. And we recovered the onside kick and we were ecstatic. I mean, me and my brothers we were we we're yelling, we're, we we got the ball back. I can't believe we got the ball back. Hey, we got a chance. We got a chance. There's, there's you know about 10 seconds left in the game, but it's okay. We have a chance. And um, I remember Blandy walking in and saying, "Guys, shut up, shut up. Justin's already asleep. Be quiet." Okay, okay, okay. But, but the Cowboys, I mean, we got the ball back. And and two plays later, Tony Romo finds two different receivers, and with three seconds left in the game, they have 53 yards to kick a field goal. Well, Nick Folk, the kicker at that time for the Dallas Cowboys, gets up and kicks the ball 53 yards splits the uprights. We win the game 25-24. We didn't even care what Blandy was saying. We're yelling, jumping around. The baby, of course, wakes up, begins to cry. We don't have to deal with that. We're not its mother. And so they, she goes out, and we were just having fun. We were having a good time. I mean, it was one of the greatest games I remember seeing, and I, I just can't forget that game. And, and the reason I bring it up is because then, right after that, I called my friend Paul Latrell. Now, Paul's from Florida. I graduated with him. He's from Tampa, Florida, and he's a big Dallas Cowboys fan as well. And as soon as I called him, he said, yeah, I don't even want to talk about it. I said, Paul, what are you talking about? Are you watching the game? Yeah, I watched the game. I can't believe it. We're losing the bills. This is just ridiculous. I said, Paul, what what do you mean? And he said, yeah, I turned it off. I mean, there was a minute left. We're going to lose the game. I, I can't stand it. I can't watch the Cowboys losing that way. I said, Paul, you just missed one of the greatest Monday night football games. Turn the TV on. He said, why? What happened? I said, we won the game. He said, what? I said, we won the game. Turn it on. He went and turned it on. He was in a hotel room. Man, we were just like... We start, he started yelling on the phone. I was continuing to yell on the phone. I was so excited, and it was amazing to me how quickly his mood changed with that good news that the Cowboys won. He no longer was down as it was when I first called him. Now he was yelling, jumping up and down. The Cowboys won. The Cowboys won. Now, as you read Luke chapter 2, that's kind of what is being described here as Luke is writing. Luke is writing to tell us about the greatest news that was ever given, the greatest news a person will ever receive, the news of Christ's birth. So let's just study this passage really quick, if you will, and I want to just talk about just three areas of news here that Luke shares with us that we can learn and apply in our lives. Number one, I want you to notice the recipients of the news the recipients of the news. You see in verse number eight, the Bible says, and they were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field. I want you to notice, first of all, they were common shepherds, common shepherds. Shepherds were not known as people of great authority in that time, in that society. They were not known as people that were very important during this society in Israel's history. They were just sort of common people. In fact, they were a little bit of the lowly kind of people. They weren't uh, very well off. They weren't very rich. They weren't very important. And in fact, uh, they just did a, a small thing. They, they watched sheep. And that wasn't a difficult thing to do. In fact, the Bible shares with us in the Old Testament many times while younger people could do this, even little kids could watch sheep. It wasn't the most difficult of jobs anyone could do. It, it wasn't something that people aspired to. As a 10-year-old boy, you weren't saying, man, I can't wait to do this the rest of my life. I, 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 just, I just want to be in a, in, in a field and, 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 and camp every day and, and not be able to shower all the time and just be around sheep that stink all the time. I can't wait to do that the rest of my life. That's not what people thought when they thought about shepherds and shepherding. We find that these shepherds were just common shepherds. They were people that were uh, not always allowed to, to get into the uh, temple rituals and ceremonies because they were uh, unclean and by law they were not able to participate in a lot of the events uh, because of what they did. They, they had to take time after their, their time of shepherding. They had to take some time uh, apart and, and, and clean themselves and be cleansed according to the law before they could go and, and worship at the temple. They were just common shepherds. But it makes me think this morning of, of just how amazing it is that when the angels came to give the news, they gave it to common shepherds. Do you know that the angels could have gone to King Herod and said, King Herod, I want you to know that today, tonight, there's a, a king that was born, the king of kings. They could have gone to the priests and said, hey, priests of the temple, we want you to know that all the worship and all, all the sacrifices that you have made, listen, it's becoming a reality. You're not going to have a, a sheep to have to sacrifice anymore, but the Lamb of God has come. They could have gone to the political leaders of their day, people that could move and do things and have great influence on what was going on in Jerusalem. They could have gone to them to tell them this good news, but, but God chose to just take it to common shepherds, those lowly people, those that by all really understanding could even be typed as outcasts of society. You see, when the news came, it came to those that were not wealthy and not rich and not powerful, but those that were just common shepherds. Can I say that the good news that God has for you and for me is for everyone? Do you know that you don't have to be important or rich this morning to receive the good news of the gospel? You know that you do not have to be someone that has some kind of power, some kind of importance. Do you know that the news is for everyone? In fact, in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, Jesus said, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus said, I didn't come just for those that were rich. I didn't just come for the powerful. I came for everyone. Acts ten thirty four says, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. Man, the greatest news about the great news is that it's for everyone. It really doesn't matter who you are today. It really doesn't matter what job or what title you hold. It doesn't matter how much you have in the bank account this morning. All that matters is that God loves you. That God came for you and for me. You see, we find that the recipients of the news, of the greatest news of all time, is that it came just to common shepherds. But I also want you to notice that Luke writes down for us that they were keeping their sheep. They were keeping sheep. Their sheep. They were not being mindful of anything else except the responsibility of keeping sheep. You'll notice that the sheep were not, I mean, the, the shepherds were not looking for anyone or, or for anything. They were just simply there in the field watching their sheep. We see here another picture of God coming to where they were. Not only is the good news for everyone, but the good news is to be taken to where you are. The good news was taken to where we are at. He came to to give them this news of something that they weren't even thinking about, something that they weren't even expecting. Can I say this morning, aren't you glad that the God of the Bible is one who comes to where you are? The Bible says there is none that seek after righteousness. There is none that seeketh after God. We love him, the Bible says, because he first loved us. We find that these common shepherds were just keeping their sheep, minding their own business, doing their own thing when the good news came to them. They weren't thinking about, I wonder what God's going to do tonight. I wonder, I wonder what's going to happen in our life tonight. I wonder what God will do. No, they were just simply there keeping their sheep, and the good news came to them. I like what Matthew eleven twenty nine says. It says, take my yoke upon you, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your souls. Jesus said, listen, I am not here to say, look at who I am. I'm just simply here to reach you, uh, reach you where you're at. Jesus was one that came to those that were not even looking for him. Romans 5, 8 says, but God commended. That means he showed his love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The wonderful thing about this good news and about the recipients of those that will receive this good news is that it's for everybody and it's for you where you're at. God came to save you where you're at. But I want you to notice not only the recipient of the news, but the report of the news. What is this great news? Yes, we find first that Luke talks about those that were receiving the news, but then he begins to tell us about what is this great news. And I want you to notice there in verse number 10, as the angel said, fear not, for I bring you good tidings. That's great news of great joy, which shall be to all people. He says in verse 11, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. What is that greatest news? That a Savior is born. That strikes me this morning. Of all the titles that the angel could have used, he used the title Savior. I mean, the angel could have said, I bring you great tidings of great joy, for unto you is born the King of kings. And he would have been right. He could have said, unto you is born the creator of our universe. He could have said, for unto you is born the great judge. But he didn't. He said unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord. Have you ever thought about that? You see the greatest news to be given is that there is a Savior. That is our greatest need this morning. You see what good is a king if you can't be part of his kingdom? What good is a creator if you've ruin the creation that you are what good is a judge if he can only condemn you no this morning the greatest title that could be given to him on that day of his birth was savior that is the greatest news this morning there has been born a savior i want you to understand this morning what sin has done to you and to me You see, Jesus must be looked at as our Savior because of what sin has done to us. You see, sin left us condemned. Sin left us unworthy. Sin left us outside of the kingdom of God. And the reason we can't look at Him first as the King of Kings, we must look at Him as Savior because once He is your Savior, then He becomes your King. And then as your judge, He has paid the penalty. And the price. And as your creator, the Bible says, whosoever is in Christ, he is a new creature. That means a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. That's for every person who is in Christ. You see, the good news this morning is that there is a Savior. I like what Paul wrote. He said, 1 Timothy 3.16, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. That's the great news, that God came in the flesh. You read in Luke chapter 1, and they said, And you shall call this babe Emmanuel, which means God with us. Man, the greatest news is that there is a Savior this morning. A Savior for you and for me. I like what Isaiah 9, 6 said, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. That's a Savior. This morning, the greatest news that you can receive is that Jesus Christ can be your Savior, that Jesus died for you. I want you to notice that, I want you to notice that Luke tells us Of this greatest news being that Jesus is the Savior. But then I want you to notice the sign of his birth. The sign of his birth. He goes on to tell these shepherds, And this shall be a a sign unto you. You shall find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. You'll notice he didn't say he was going to be wrapped in royal clothes, but in swaddling clothes. From the very beginning, his purpose for coming to our world was to be a sacrifice for our sins. I mentioned this last week, but the swaddling clothes that were used to wrap him were the same clothes that those shepherds would use as they were raising sheep that would later be used in the sacrifices at the temple so that they would remain unblemished and unspotted. They would wrap the sheep where they were born in swaddling clothes so that they would remain perfect and then they would take it to the temple and they would sacrifice it. Those, those swaddling clothes for that sacrifice that was going to be done at the temple was what wrapped the Savior. You see, He came to this earth to die, to be our sacrifice, to pay that penalty that we could not pay for ourselves. We find that the sign of His birth was that He was wrapped in swaddling clothes. But then He also says, and He'll be lying in a manger. You see... For the king of kings, for this savior of the world, there was not even to be given a soft bed to lay in. From the very beginning, from the moment that he was born, he was born into suffering. He was born into a place and a situation of difficulty, of tough circumstances. We see that the perfect son of God was to be laid in a stony Ugly manger. This was going to be the sign to these shepherds that this would be the Savior. It speaks to his humility, his lowliness. I like what 2 Corinthians 8 9 says, For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. You know what the greatest news is this morning that there is a savior for you and for me a savior who left heaven above and took upon himself flesh and came to this earth not in a royal palace but in a stony manger why that he might die for you and for me oh what wonderful news the greatest need that we could have The greatest need that we have in our life is a need for a Savior. Luke says, listen, I want you to notice the news was given to these shepherds. The news was this, that the Savior is born. But I want you to notice the response to that news this morning. The response to the news. You see, upon hearing the great news of the Savior, the shepherds made a personal decision. They responded in faith. They said, let us go and see this thing which has been told unto us. Let's go and see. You know, they did not sit and ponder and analyze if what they saw and heard were angels. They didn't sit there and go, well, I wonder if that was, I mean, what angel was that anyway? Can he, Can we believe it? And, and did you count how many were there? Because, you know. I don't know, that, that, that has something to do, I'm sure. There's just a multitude of angels after him. And, and what did he talk about? And, and you know, just, let's just discuss. Wait, is it even possible for someone to be born and placed in a manger? I mean, have you ever heard of that? I haven't heard of that. I mean, they didn't just sit there in the field and just talk about what they had heard. They didn't study and analyze how the angel said it and how the choir sounded after the announcement. No, they responded by faith and said, let us go and see. It was something of a response of acceptance, a response that said, I believe. It was a personal decision that they made. Do you know this morning, God is still looking for those that believe and respond in faith to his word? God is still one that says, I am the savior of the world. God is still one that says, if ye believe on me, I can save you. But as many as believed on him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. God is still there as Savior. God is still here looking for those that will come to him, those that will respond in faith. Romans 10 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 1 Timothy 2 3 and 4, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth? You know that God wants you to respond this morning. God wants you to not just hear and analyze and and talk about, well, what did the preacher talk about and how good was he in giving that message and and how did the music sound and how did the special sound and and what did the orchestra do and how, how good was the piano playing? No. What God wants this morning is people that will respond to his message. Those that will respond to the news that he has given them. I like what the jailer in Acts chapter 13, after being uh, in, a, in a situation where he thought he was going to lose his life, an earthquake came. And Paul and Silas there in the prison had their chains fall off and all the chains of all the prisoners fell off them. And, and that, that guard there thought that they had all run away and the penalty for letting a prisoner escape for a Roman soldier was the penalty of death. And thinking that he was going to die and about to take his own life, Paul tells him, hey, hey, wait, wait. You don't need to do that. We're all here. Don't do that. Don't take your life. In fact, I want to tell you about someone that can save your life. Can I just tell you a little bit about the Savior? And I like how that guard responded. He he brought them out and he said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Man, he responded right away. The very next verse in verse 32, said, And he believed. And he brought them to his own home. Man, the, the response to the good news is, is a response that brings salvation. It's a response that brings God's blessing. But I want you to notice, not only did they respond in faith, but they responded by sharing. Billy Graham said, we are not cisterns cisterns made for hoarding. We are channels made for sharing. And these shepherds, as they received this great news, didn't just go and see the baby and say, wow, the Savior, and then go quietly back to the fields. And just go quietly back to their life and say, well, you know, I got things to do and and I'm so busy. And those sheep, somebody's got to take care of them and somebody's got to wrap them in that swaddling clothes. And listen, people are walking to the temple all the time and somebody needs to be selling those sheep. And somebody needs to be there and ready for people that need to buy them and, and take them to the temple. They didn't have that mindset at all. Upon receiving and responding in faith, now they wanted to go and share it. You see... The news was too good to keep to themselves. The news was, was too good to say, well, I, I just simply can't, can't share that with somebody. They, they, they didn't say, well, we're just lowly shepherds. We're just common shepherds. I mean, who's going to believe us? Who's going to listen to us? I mean, we're not very important. We're not very rich. Who's going to listen to this news? Who's going to receive it? They didn't have those kinds of thoughts at all. Upon responding in faith, they went out to share that faith. They had to tell others of the good tidings of great joy. You see, keeping silent was not an option. I always wonder about people that call themselves Christians but never want to share their faith. Not many years ago, Tim Tebow was in the NFL, one of the greatest college quarterbacks to ever play the game Going into the NFL, he was still one that was strong to his Christian values and principles and strong in his testimony. And I remember reading articles how they would just say, oh, he should just play football and be quiet. This coming from a league, you know, I'm not even going to that. Read some of the articles now and look what the league is standing for now. But you try to stand for Christ. You want to say Merry Christmas and you want to share others your faith, they just try to tap you down. And hey, you need to be quiet. You just play the game, they told him. I remember they mic'd him up for one game, and that whole game on EspN, you could hear him, and he would sing songs and he was quoting verses and, and just trying to be a testimony. You know, someone that's received the good news of Christ just wants to share it. He doesn't think about how people are going to take it. He doesn't think about uh what what people might criticize him for and, and what they're going to say about them and, and what they're going to post and twitter about no they just simply say i got to take this news it's good news it's great news it's the greatest news ever it's the greatest news i ever received it's the greatest news i could ever give that's why every week after we finish the morning services on your way out we we say hey get some tracks ask the ushers for some tracks Or go right into the lobby. There's an area there in the corner where there's tracks. Just take some with you. Next time you order a Big Mac at McDonald's, say, hey, can I give you some good news? Here it is. Read that. It's the best news you'll ever get. I just want to share with you what God has done for me. And you can't always have the opportunity. You don't always have the time where where you can sit and talk with someone. By the way, if you have the time, you ought to take that time. But sometimes you, you don't have that time, but just give them something and say, here's some good news you can read later. The, the, the DMV uh, on, their, on their Google, whenever you uh, Google them, for some reason it always brings them to this, our church. And before we had to sign up there, people would always think, is this the DMV, is this where I pay tickets? And, and uh, I ended up having to make a map and, and show them how to get right there to the, to the DMV. But the thought occurred to me, now that I'm g- making a map, Why not, on that map, give them a map of salvation, a map that's much more needful for them than just paying a ticket? And maybe as they're paying a ticket, they'll recognize, you know, just like I had to pay for disobeying man's law, I'll one day have to pay for disobeying God's law. I need a Savior. I need someone that can take my place. And on that little piece of paper, they can find that Jesus, according to the Scriptures, took your place and mine. How do I receive? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says, and thou shalt be saved. Can I ask you this morning a, a rather convicting question? What are you doing with the good news? How have you responded? Has there been a time in your life where you can say, yes, I remember the time where I asked Jesus to forgive me of my sins and to be my savior? You say, I, I made that decision. That's awesome. Now what are you doing with it? The shepherd says, let us go and see. And they saw the Savior. And then it says, and they went out and told all people. And many were in amazement and wondered at what they said. And it says there in verse 20, and they left glorifying and praising God. Let me ask you once again, what are you doing with that news? Paul in Acts 13 wrote, and we declare unto you glad tidings, how that the promise which was made unto the fathers, God hath fulfilled the same unto us, their children. Paul said, I, I got to talk about these glad tidings. They'll put me in prison. They'll stone me. They'll beat me. But I got I to talk about this good news. I'm asking you this morning, what have you done with that good news? Romans ten fifteen says, and how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. And I can say I'm thankful for, for whoever it was, and I don't know who the man's name was, but I'm thankful for that person that just gave a track to my grandfather and said, hey, here, just, there's some really good news. Why don't you read it when you get a chance? And upon reading that, he understood it. He responded by faith and accepted Christ as his Savior. And because of that decision, my father got saved. And he got called into the ministry. And because of that decision, the gospel got to me. And I got saved. I had to make a personal decision to respond by faith. And all that's left for me is who can I go and tell? Who can I remind today that Christmas is all about one person? And it ain't Santa Claus. It's Jesus Christ. He is, the reason what we ce- he is the reason we celebrate. He is the reason that there is good, uh, good, good news today, good tidings of great joy. It's because of Jesus. You see, the news of the birth of Jesus is still the greatest news to receive and the greatest news to give to others. The question this morning is, what will you do with that news? The question might be for you, have I already made that personal decision? Have I asked Christ to be my Savior? Am I celebrating Christmas by sharing the news? That's how they celebrated. The shepherds, I'm sure, may have sang some songs to that king that he is worthy to be sung to. But once they left that manger scene, they were out telling others, What will you do this morning? In the summer of 1986, two ships collided in the Black Sea off the coast of Russia. Hundreds of passengers died as they were hurled into the icy waters below. News of the disaster was further darkened when an investigation revealed the cause of the accident. It wasn't a technology problem like a radar malfunction or or even a thick fog. The cause was human stubbornness. You see, each captain was aware of the other ship's presence nearby, and both could have steered clear. But according to news reports, neither captain wanted to give way. Each was too proud to yield first. And because of that, hundreds lost their lives. This morning, the news has come to you. What will you do with it? Will you allow your pride to stop you from sharing it? Will you allow your pride to stop you from responding in faith and receiving Christ today? Will you be like those shepherds? Upon receiving that news, hearing that great news, respond in faith. I encourage you to do so this morning. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for your word and the truth that we find in this portion of scripture, as we think of that wonderful night when the good news was given. Oh, Father, to think that it was given to just lowly shepherds. And Father, tonight we, or this morning, we don't think of ourselves as something great or powerful or even important. But Father, we're so thankful that that good news reached us. Thank you, Father, for coming to this earth and be willing to die on the cross for our sins. Thank you, Father, for the sacrifice that you are for us. And I pray that this morning as we ponder and as we meditate upon what your word teaches, about what we are to do with this good news, I pray that we would respond in a right manner. As your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, perhaps this morning you're here and you're saying, Pastor, you know... To be honest with you, there, there's never been a moment in my life, I can't think of a time in my life, where I made a personal decision to accept Christ as my Savior. Oh, I've, I've been in church many years, and I've, I've heard many, many different sermons, but I can't recall one time where I've accepted Christ as my personal Savior, or I said, Jesus, forgive me and be my Savior. Pastor, this morning, I'd like to make that decision. I would love for someone to show you, dear listener, I'd love for someone to show you with the Bible how you can know that Jesus is your Savior, how you can receive that good news this morning. If there's someone like that saying, Pastor, would you just pray for me? I want someone to show me how I can be saved. I want to be saved this morning. I want to receive that good news of Jesus being my Savior. Is there anyone like that this morning? then perhaps this morning you're here and you're saying, Pastor, I've not been as those shepherds were sharing that news. I can think of a time where I have accepted Christ as my Savior, and today I am saved by the grace of God. But I've not been sharing the news like I ought. I've not been a light to others. Would you pray for me that this week I can... I can celebrate Christmas by sharing that good news with others. Would you pray for me? If that's your decision, just raise your hand. Raise it high. God bless you. I see those hands. God bless you. Father, this morning, I saw hands, but you saw hearts. And I pray that, Father, you would be with each and every one of us. Help us, those that raised their hand, mine included, give us opportunities to... Share that good news. Father, may we be people that shine forth, that are willing to stand for the truth of the gospel. May we share that great news that we once received with others. Empower us by your spirit. And be with us this week, I ask. In Jesus' precious name, amen.